Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. Hey man, welcome everyone. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal, and I'm so thankful tonight that we get to celebrate three years of God changing lives. Yeah. Today, as Alex has already explained, across our three churches, uh, we have some South Church people here. Whoop, whoop. They, they even have the shirts on. And I believe we have some guests from Yarmouth Wesleyan as well. Yeah, awesome. We're so glad you joined us, and we're thankful that across three of our churches, as we take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova, we celebrate changed lives. You know, um, so someone told me that South Church this morning had 103 people in the house at South Church. Come on. And over the last year, 16 people have been baptized at South Church. 11 people have come to faith in Jesus, and we continue to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. Yeah, I'm getting talk back here. Here we go. And, you were, and she was one of them. Praise God. Do you know why the church actually exists? Do you know why Jesus in Acts chapter 2 sent the Holy Spirit on the church and the church was born in Acts chapter 2? Do you know why the church still exists today 2,000 years ago and the Holy Spirit is still poured out on the church this day by Jesus and fueled with God's passion and God's power? Do you know why Coastal Church and South Church and Yarmouth Wesleyan Church and every other church that follows and calls the name of Jesus, you know why we exist? We exist to see lives transformed by the good news. We exist to see lost people who don't know Christ, who have no hope, come to faith in him. And as they come to faith in Jesus, their lives are radically transformed by the good news of the gospel. That is why we exist as a church. That's why we are here. And when the church stops seeing those things happen and stops being a catalyst to see lives changed by the gospel, we cease to be the church. Because that's why we are on earth as a church, to see lives changed by the gospel. But how many of you know that Seeing lives changed and giving yourself over to the work of God and doing this labor of love and giving your time, talent, and treasure to see lives changed by the gospel. How many of you know that's really hard work? Right? You know, when we started Coastal, we prayed for a messy church. We prayed that, that we would be a church that exists for unchurched people. I know before I came to Jesus, I was a mess. And God began to work in my life, and people loved me in my mess and told me the good news of Jesus, and my life is still being radically transformed by God as a result. And we want people to know that it's no matter who you are, no matter how you dress, no matter what you've done, no matter what your family, your upbringing, or if you're poor or rich, or whatever is in your past, it doesn't matter to us. And God loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so no matter how messy your life is, whether that's out in the open or behind closed doors, you are loved here. You belong here. And we believe that despite the mess, despite your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, God has an incredible plan for your life. And we want to introduce you to him. 
We want you to come to know Jesus. That's why Coastal started three years ago. So the unchurched and people that don't know God could come to know Jesus and those that know him could grow in a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. But ministry to the unchurched and seeing lives changed by the gospel is really, really hard work. It's really, really challenging. And sometimes it often feels like there's something against it. Have you ever felt like something was against you? And I'm not talking about like paranoia. I'm talking about there's times in life where it feels like you're trying to accomplish something, but there always seems to be some resistance. Have you ever felt that way? It feels like the wind is always blowing against you rather than at your back. You ever feel that way before in life? It feels like life is just so hard. It feels like you're going uphill. Kind of like the people back in the day they used to say, they used to go, go to school in six feet of snow, uphill both ways. <laughs> right? Have you ever felt life is like that sometimes? It feels like there's always resistance. And I think one of the reasons why churches forget their purpose or stop existing to see lives changed by the gospel is because it's so hard. There's constant resistance. And there's constant resistance because we're actually working against another power. There is constant adversity all of the time without ceasing. It's always there. And as we look back the last three years, we celebrate what God has done. You know the thing that I celebrate most about Coastal? It's you. It's you. It's what God has uniquely done in your life. And I can't even begin to count or even think about or even am fully aware of all the things that Jesus has done in your life whether that's your first time here tonight or whether you've been coming since the first snowstorm in January, God has done some masterful, wonderful, amazing, incredible things in your life. And I celebrate that tonight. But can I let you in on a little secret? Even before Coastal started, when we started, even our first night was in a storm. And all the way through the last three years, there has been constant resistance. It's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been constantly pushing and wrestling and struggle. And it makes you wonder why. Why does it always seem like there's constant resistance to the work of God? Let me let you in on another secret. It's because there is constant resistance to the work of God. It never stops. It's always there. There is always resistance to the work of the Holy Spirit. Across our three churches, at South in Yarmouth and here, there's a constant resistance in battle. And as you think about it, and as you think about what God has done over the last three years, it's no wonder, right? It's no wonder there's been so much resistance to the work of God. I mean, 
Look at what God has done. Could you have dreamed three plus years ago there would be a church in the heart of Barrington with 240 people showing up last week? And not just people. People whose lives have been changed by Jesus. That's a miracle. It's no wonder there's been constant resistance. It's no wonder there's been resistance when in the south end of Yarmouth, 103 people showed up and 16 people were baptized this year. It's no wonder there's resistance because there's one kingdom that is losing. And there's one kingdom, come on. Oh man, I'm fired up tonight. It's in my bones tonight. There's one kingdom that is winning. And guess what, church? We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're not going to let off the gas pedal. We're going to keep going because changed lives matter. But it's no wonder. Like, do you think the kingdom of darkness is happy that 115 churches across Atlanta, Canada are putting down their own agenda, their own ideas, and coming together to love the entire region for Jesus? Like, it's no wonder there's resistance. There's a kingdom that's on the losing end. And that kingdom is going down kicking and screaming. And I'd like to talk about a passage here tonight that helps us to see that we should actually expect resistance all the time when God's doing stuff. We should expect resistance all the time when lives are being changed. We're going to look at an obscure passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 8. It's going to be up there on the screen. This is what it says in Luke chapter 8. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in the house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. And those tending the pigs saw what had happened. They ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. 
Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. So this is a wild story of transformation that we see in the scriptures here. And if you're in a small group, um, the first week of the chosen, there was the story of the woman called Mary Magdalene. And the Bible tells us that Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. And she was living in bondage, in slavery, captured by the kingdom of darkness. Now, the Bible actually teaches us that the kingdom of darkness is real. It's not something that we need to be afraid of or spooked about, but it is real. And the story of Mary Magdalene and the story of this man is clear evidence that the kingdom of darkness exists and that the kingdom of darkness is there to, to, to torment, to cause you to despair, to put you in utter darkness. And so that's what we see in this particular passage of scripture. But as we have this encounter that Jesus has with this man, the Bible teaches us that Jesus puts this man in his right mind. And the response of the village when they came out to see this crazy act of God is they were afraid and in awe and then they had asked Jesus to leave. And there's stories in this room though that God is changed and only God is changed that do cause us to stand in awe. It's like, wow, God. Look what you've done. And that's our reason for celebrating here tonight. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Like, our reward, our joy, and our crown is you. It's the lives that have been changed by the gospel. That's why we do what we do. And we celebrate that to not lose heart. But we also need to be aware that there will be constant resistance. And this passage of scripture really helps us to see that there is constant resistance to seeing lives change. You can expect resistance before a life is about to be changed. You can expect resistance while a life is being changed. And guess what? You can expect resistance after the life is being changed. Doesn't that sound like good news tonight? Don't we all need more resistance in our lives? Some of you guys don't find that very funny. But it's the truth. As we look at this story, we're going to look at those three things. We can expect resistance before our lives are being changed where was Jesus in this passage of scripture? What was he doing immediately before he landed on the shore? He was in a boat. He was on a lake. And guess what happened on the lake? The storm came. And Jesus had to take authority over the wind and the waves and commanded them to stop. What I find crazy is that there was a storm trying to prevent Jesus to getting to his destination. Because guess what was on the other side of his destination? A life that he was about to change. So even before you get to the people that need to experience the transformation that only Jesus can bring, 
you can expect resistance. You can expect things that try to put the kibosh on your hopes and plans and prayers to see your friends and family members come to know Jesus. You can just expect it. It's going to happen. It's like uh, my friend Doreen. Doreen, are you here tonight? You're here because I've seen you. Hey, Doreen. I asked her permission to share the story, and some of you know it. But it was another stormy night in Barrington. I believe it was January, I believe. January, maybe early February. We were meeting at the Lions Hall. Remember back them days? We were in the Lions Hall. And Doreen had made up her mind she was going to come to church for the first time. Well, she went to go pull into the Lions Hall, and she got in a car accident. Right? So back to my point. Before a life is about to be changed, you can expect resistance. Now, let me just give a caveat here. I don't think everything bad happens is from the devil. There's not demons under every rock. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is you can expect resistance before a life is about to be changed. But guess what Doreen decided? She decided she was not going to let that deter her. And she came the very next week with scrapes and bruises. And before long, Doreen accepted Jesus. And before long, Doreen was baptized and gave one of the coolest testimonies ever. And before long, yeah. And before long, Doreen was serving on our connections team, which he's doing tonight. Because Jesus changes lives, amen? But you can expect resistance before lives are being changed. You can expect it. So if you're here tonight and you're just checking out this God and this Jesus thing, and you're like intrigued and you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta learn more about God because I, th- I think this is real. I think that this is authentic. I can sense that maybe God wants to work in my life and I wanna make steps towards maybe becoming a Christian. I am just so pleased that you're doing that. It'll be the best decision you ever make. But let me just give you a heads up. As you continue to pursue Jesus, you can expect resistance. Don't be surprised if right before you decide to come to church, someone invites you to do something different. Don't be surprised if right before you come to church, you and your spouse get in a fight or your kids go psycho because that's what they do. Like, don't be surprised if you have all this resistance as you are trying to get to know this God. And if you're someone that's being used of God as a catalyst to try to introduce other people to Jesus, don't be surprised if every time you try to reach out to someone, there seems to be a resistance. Every time you try to take that person for a drive, something comes up. Because the kingdom of darkness is resisting the work of the kingdom of God. And the work of the kingdom of God is to do what? See lives changed by the gospel. So expect resistance before lives are being changed. The second thing is you can expect resistance while lives are being changed. The demoniac runs to Jesus when the moment he steps ashore, the Bible says, and he starts freaking out. Jesus commands this evil spirit to leave These evil spirits, actually, to leave Jesus. The Bible says there was legion, so there was many of them. And so we see this 
clash of kingdoms happening, the kingdom of God clashing with the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus was there to make an announcement. The kingdom of God had arrived and the kingdom of darkness was being invaded. The king had come to establish his kingdom and overthrow the power of the evil one. And so the demons in this obscure passage of scripture request to be not sent to the abyss, but sent into the herd of pigs. You see, Jesus steps onto the scene here and sees this man made in the image of God, but in total slavery to the kings of darkness. And Jesus was mad. You know that there's such thing as righteous anger. And when Jesus sees people enslaved to slavery and in bondage and, and captured by addictions and enslaved to all different things, he's not mad at the individual. He's mad at the kingdom of darkness. And he says, enough is enough. This person's been tormented and tortured and in bondage long enough. Let him go. And that's exactly what happens in this passage of scripture. You see, the passion of Jesus comes out in this passage of scripture. But there's resistance. There's resistance. There's this battle going on and something trying to prevent this man from being set free. And I don't know what your struggle is, but I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a passion and the power to actually set you free. He longs to bring freedom and liberty into your life, whatever that thing is that's holding you captive and in bondage. He doesn't dislike you because of your struggle. He's actually for you, and he has the power and resources necessary to actually bring freedom into your life. That's good news. But there will be resistance in these moments when God is doing something specifically in your life right here, right now. I remember when I was in China in 2010, and we were sharing the gospel there. And for those of you that don't know, in China, it's actually illegal to share the gospel and lead people into a relationship with Jesus. And we were sharing the gospel in China. And there was four people that actually said, I actually think I'm ready and want to accept Jesus into my life. So we took them back into this room. And if you read Mike McNeil's book, uh, he's a professor from Kingswood. He actually shares his story in his book. But we were back in this room and we were sharing the gospel. And these four people were literally ready to pray to receive Jesus. And in that moment, a police officer walks into the room where I'm leading these four people to Christ. Trying to disrupt literally in the moment and resist what God was doing. Thankfully, my translator had a way with words and convinced a policeman to leave. But there was more going on than just convincing. The powers of darkness was trying to prevent these four people from actually receiving and accepting Jesus, and thankfully, they all four did. One of them went home that night and read the entire Gospel of John. The other one came back, had read John chapter 8, and confessed that he had been born again. The cool part is, we never told them nothing about being born again. You can expect resistance when lives are being changed. You see, and the resistance might come in the form of children. It might come in the form of a husband or a spouse or a family member. It might come in the form of the community. 
It might come in all different kinds of forms, but it's not family. It's not friends. It's not community when those things come from those sources. There's a different source. The Bible actually teaches us it's not flesh and blood that we wrestle against, right? It's powers and principalities and spiritual forces in high places. There is a spiritual force at work constantly resisting the work of God. So when you make a decision to want to accept Jesus, there's another power resisting to helping you trying to say no. When you're trying to minister to someone that's ready to accept Jesus or give up that habit or step into freedom, there's another force at work trying to put his claws into you. So you can expect that resistance. You can expect it before. You can expect it while your life is being changed, while lives are being changed, and you can actually expect it after. I invite the worship team to come at this time. As we recount this story in the scripture, this man's life is radically changed, which is amazing. The Bible says he's set in his right mind and he's clothed. The demons were cast into the pigs at the request of the demons. And the pig farmers actually went into the community and told about what had happened. And the whole community came out to see what had actually happened. And they were in fear. But they were in so much fear, you know what they did? They asked Jesus to leave. They urged him, the Bible says, to leave. The demons went into the pigs. And Satan's plan was to try to scare people away so that community could not experience more of what Jesus wanted to do, right? Do you see it? It wasn't just these demons going to these pigs and a bunch of pigs dying. The enemy, even at his last little bit of fighting and screaming, wanted to prevent the ministry of Jesus. And Satan was thinking, ah, see, I did it. Pulled it off. I stopped more ministry to happening to all these villagers that had come out. Because how many of you know the dude with the demons wasn't the only one that needed to hear the good news of the gospel, amen? That whole region that was non-Jewish, needed to hear the gospel of Jesus. And so Satan thought he had won. Ah, Jesus and his disciples are getting out of here. But guess what? Jesus knew that was going to happen. Jesus knew and expected there was going to be resistance after life change. And he actually commissioned the guy that had been transformed by Jesus to actually go and share the good news. What better person than the one who had experienced the delivering and healing power of Jesus to go and share the good news in this community? You see, Satan works, and he thinks he wins oftentimes. Like when he put Jesus on the cross, the Bible says that at the cross, all the powers of darkness were put on display. And at the cross, Jesus actually triumphed over all the kingdom of darkness. He won. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. Satan thought he won at the cross, but in turn, it turned into be the greatest victory for you and for me because it's at the cross that Jesus took our sin. 
It's at the cross that through faith in that cross, we can be forgiven and brought back into right relationship with God. Tonight. And this man was sent forth and commissioned to preach the good news to his community, to tell all of what God has done. So despite the resistance, he went and shared his story. I know some of you have been baptized over the last three years at Coastal. How many of you know that after you've been baptized, you've experienced resistance in your life? Time after time after time, after people be baptized, are baptized, they experience a really difficult time. You want to know why? Because you have publicly declared, either in the ocean or in that tank, that my allegiance is no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. I'm living under the kingship of King Jesus. He's mine. And I publicly declare, declare to the witnesses gathered and in the presence of God and in the presence of the kingdom of darkness, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The kingdom of darkness had officially lost its final grip on your life. And you are fully yielded to King Jesus and living for him. And not just freedom in your own life, but you become a weapon in the kingdom of God. You shift it from defense to offense. Not only do we get to experience freedom in our own lives from the powers of the kingdom of darkness, but we actually get to see lives change and allow God to use us to see other people experience the freedom that's found in Jesus. So yeah, there's resistance. There will always be resistance until heaven. But it's worth it, is it not? Like, what is worth more? What is worth more in this world, in this universe, than a life changed by the good news of Jesus? Because last time I checked, God valued life change in your life so much, he gave the highest commodity for you. He gave his son as an offering and a sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. So it's worth the resistance. It's worth the fight. It's worth the battle. It's worth every ounce of it because change lives matter and that's why Coastal exists. And that's why we'll continue to exist and we'll fight and we'll battle because we're not done yet. Coastal Church is a threat to this region. Coastal Church is a threat to the spiritual climate of this region because God wants to use us to take people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, amen? So expect resistance, church. Maybe you're experiencing resistance right now in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you have yet to make the decision to accept Jesus. I want to encourage our prayer team to come at this time. And if you're here tonight and you like, you're wrestling with God and you want to make that next step, I want to encourage you the greatest decision you can ever make in your life is to invite Christ to come in. He loves you and he has an incredible plan for your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you have a stronghold, a battle, a thing that you're wrestling with and you want someone to pray over you to say, would you pray that God would set me free from this struggle, from this battle, from this thing that's holding me in captivity? Because guess what, church? God can and will do it. Or maybe you're here tonight and you are just battle-torn. You are weary. You are empty from constantly resisting and living in the kingdom of God and fighting. And you just need to be filled up. Would you come up for prayer tonight? 
The prayer team is here. We would love to pray blessing over you wherever you're at here tonight. You know, one of the greatest weapons that we have is worship. As we celebrate and as we draw near to God, the heaviness leaves. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Because the battle ultimately belongs to God. Jesus won. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The Bible says, draw near to God, resist the evil one, and he will flee. It says to put on the whole armor of God so we can resist in that evil day. We have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. And that spirit is the most powerful spirit in the world. So would you stand to your feet tonight? And would you declare tonight in this place that the battle belongs to Jesus? And I want you to church to sing this tonight with all of your passion, with all of your heart, because the battle belongs to him. If you're here tonight and you want prayer tonight, I encourage you to come forward. If you've yet to make the decision to accept Jesus, would you make that step out? Would you just step into resistance and say, I'm going for it? God's in the house tonight and he wants to work in your life. Let's sing with all of our hearts. Father, we welcome your presence here. We pray for freedom and victory. We pray for liberty, Father. We pray you pour out your spirit in this place, God. We love you and we lean into you tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.